0: Welcome to our Forward Cities online broadcast today, and if you're new with us at Forward City, we are one church that meets in multiple locations, and we do that so that we can help you move forward towards a full life in Christ. And before we get into our study today, I just want to do a special shout out uh, to all of you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. This is a day we want to celebrate you. But this is also a day we want to celebrate those of you, you may not have kids, but you choose to be involved aunts, you know, your teachers, your mentors, your encouragers to the next generation, and we want to give a special shout out to you today. Thank you for being amazing. Okay, so let's dig into our study today. Now, if you haven't been tracking with us over the past couple of weeks, we are in the third week of a series called I Choose. Now, you don't need me to tell you what you already know, that the choices that you and I make matter. Because you know, as well as I do, that who we are and where we are today in our lives is largely because of the results and the decisions that we've made before today. And while we can't change our decisions and we can't change our actions in the past, we can take care to make the wise choice today for our future because who you are and where you will be in the future is largely influenced by the choices that you make today and going forward. And since God isn't going to make your choices for you as Christians, it is so important for us to make wise choices because our choices can and will make all the difference in our relationships with our family, and our relationships with our friends, and our relationships with our God and our impact on the world through his purposes and his plans. Last week, we talked about our need to choose discipline over regret. Now today, before we dig into that next choice that you and I need to make, I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine for a moment that everyone likes you. Everyone listens and respects your thoughts and your ideas. They laugh at all of your jokes and they support and even applaud all of your decisions. Basically, everyone thinks that you are awesome. Okay, you got that in your mind? Okay, now get it out of your mind. I mean, because it's not going to happen. Nope, no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you will never ever please everyone. And you probably can't even please all the people that you consistently want to please because you care about them. You can sit back and say, well, I don't care what other people think about me. But you do care what some people think about you. And you can't please everybody. And you more than likely can't please even the people you care about. You can't please them all the time. Now for a moment, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine something else with me. Not some pipe dream, not something, that, not something that can't happen, but I want you to imagine with me something that absolutely can happen. Something that we as Christians long for to happen in our lives. Imagine with me waking up every day, not having to live your life with the pressure of feeling like you have to please everyone else. Like, like you have to measure up to their thoughts or expectations of you. Like waking up every single day, not having to worry about what others think about you because you are in a place where you are so motivated with pleasing Jesus that the approval of other people doesn't seem to matter to you very much. Because deep down you know that what you're doing, you were doing what you were created, recreated and called to do. And this drives you and the approval of others don't distract you. Now, can you imagine that? And see, not only is this possible, but this is what your and my heavenly father wants for every one of his children. That's what he wants for you. And that's what he wants for me. It's the choice that you and I need to make today and today going forward. That we choose purpose over approval. Now, we need to understand that approval isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it wasn't until I was about 11 years old when I was seeking the approval of girls that I actually started washing my hair more than once a week and, you know, putting on deodorant and kind of caring about how I looked a little bit. It wasn't a bad thing. See, the problem is, though, that most of us, without even realizing it, we're living for the approval of other people. I mean, we live and we operate. Do you like my clothes? Do you, do you like my hair? Do you, do you like what I'm doing? Am I important enough? Are you following me on Instagram? Do you like my job, my house, my kids? Do you like me? Do I fit in? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? And you've seen it in others and you've seen it in yourself that any time that you are consumed with what people think about you, you tend to forget what God says about you. And when you're consumed with those things, it'll stop you from pursuing the purposes that God has for you. The writer of Hebrews gave us an example of someone who wrestled with this decision. And his name was Moses. Now, before he was the man that God used to lead the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt, before he used him to you know, to lead the people across the parted Red Sea, through the desert, in victory over the surrounding armies, to the border that, of the promised land that God had promised his people. Before he was the spiritual leader who God used to teach the Israelites about their God and who turned them from slaves into a nation that would be used to bless the entire world. I mean, before all of this, Moses was born in Egypt as a slave. He was the youngest of three children with his sister named Miriam and his brother named Aaron. And as if being born as a slave wasn't bad enough, Moses was born during a time when the Pharaoh was so afraid of the Hebrew slaves because there were so many of them that he wanted to control the population so there wouldn't be a huge revolt. And he ordered that all the baby boys To be killed. And while thousands of Hebrew babies were thrown into the Nile River by the command of the Pharaoh to die, in a moment of defiance, Moses' mother protected him by keeping him hidden after he was born. And while Pharaoh's men went door to door after three months, she realized that that she couldn't hide him anymore. That he was getting too big and, and he needed to move around and she couldn't hide him. So in another act of faith, she put Moses in the river. But, but she didn't throw him in the river like the rest of the mothers were made to do. She put him in a basket and she placed him at the mouth of the river in some reeds on the bank. Now, I don't know why. Maybe she thought that, that this baby had more of a chance out in this basket, just floating downstream, hopefully getting picked up by someone who was going to take it and care for it. Maybe she thought that that baby had more of a chance in the basket than it did with the Egyptians. But what she didn't know, what she didn't realize, was that God had a plan to free the Hebrews and to make them into a nation that the Messiah would eventually come from. And so because of that, this baby had an integral part in that plan. And so this baby didn't stay in the reeds long before it was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. Now being unable to to nurse this child, she hired a Hebrew woman to do the job. And that woman just happened to be Moses' mother. Man, I love how God works things out. Now, after Moses was weaned, the Pharaoh's daughter raised him as her adopted child in the palace surrounded by the luxuries and the posh of Egypt. See, Moses grew up in the palace, but he knew that he wasn't Egyptian. He knew that he was adopted. He knew that he was a Hebrew. And at the age of 40 he was finally faced with a very very difficult choice that he had to make he came at a crossroads in his life where he had to make this decision he couldn't ignore it any longer and the decision was what was he going to live for from that day forward i mean he could either live for his past and he he could he could retain the honor and the privileges and the opportunities and the riches and the approval of being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Or he could choose in an instant to give it all up so that he can identify with God's people. There wasn't a third option. He couldn't choose a middle road. He had to either choose life in the palace or life identifying with the slaves. In Hebrews chapter 11, the writer gives us his decision. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, see here's, here's our word, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. We know from reading the account of his life in the Old Testament that Moses wasn't perfect. I mean, it took him 40 years to get to this point where he chose to identify with God's people. I mean, he had lived 40 years of his life in posh and in luxury in, 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 as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he knew what was going on in the camps, in, in, in the slave camps. He knew what was happening there, and yet he chose the approval of his adopted people over what was right. And it took him 40 years to come to that space where he, was, where he finally made the decision to choose the people of Israel, the Hebrews, his people, God's people, over the approval of his adopted family. But even he didn't do that perfectly. But the writer of Hebrews is summing up his life, even, even through all of the challenges and even through all the mistakes that he made, they're summing up his life and they're saying that he consistently from that point on in his life chose calling over comfort. He chose God's purposes for him over people's approval. And through that, Moses learned that whenever you were choosing God's purposes for you, it gives you motivation to keep going when things get complicated or uncomfortable or even when they begin to hurt. Because see, this is so important because whenever you and I are doing what God has made us and remade us and called us to do, we have a spiritual enemy that will try to stop you and stop me. But as we learn from David and Esther and Mary and Paul and Moses, when you choose what God has saved you and called you to do, When you lean into that purpose over approval, critics can't stop you. Opposition doesn't deter you. Challenges don't slow you down. And comfort doesn't hold you back. Throughout his life, Moses was able to choose God's purposes over people's approval. And the reason why he was able to do this is because it says in Hebrews that he was looking ahead to his great purpose reward it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt not fearing the king's anger he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible now I know that people's approval is really nice but we need to remember as Christians that there's a greater reward than people's approval because the greatest reward is the approval of God on our lives the smile of God on us when we do the things that we are called to do see moses faced all sorts of opposition he faced it from his enemies he faced it from pharaoh he faced it from his own people but he kept going and we asked the question why why did he keep going because he was pleasing god see that was what god had called him to do and his story reminds us how in the New Testament, how when Peter and John and some of the other apostles were preaching Christ, and some of, them, some of the religious leaders came up and said, you can't, you, know, you can't speak in that name anymore. I mean, they had already beaten them. They had already put them in prison, in prison a couple of times. And they were saying, you can't keep preaching in this name. But the apostles replied back, as they said to them, we must obey God rather than man. See, we can't please everybody. So why are we still trying to do it? I mean, ultimately, what does it matter? What does their opinions matter anyway? We can't please everyone. But we can please God. See, when we recognize that, suddenly we are set free from relying on the opinions of other people because we are doing what God has called us to do. And there's power in that. There's purpose in that. And that's worth devoting your life to. We need to stop devoting our lives to the approval, to gain approval of other people. But as Christians, to devote our lives to the purposes that God gives us. And we become focused on that. The approval of other people just kind of falls away. Now, before we finish, I have a couple of discussion questions for you and your family, your home church, wherever you're at. Here's some things that we want you to discuss with them today or this week. The first question is, in what areas of your life do you choose approval over God's purposes? And the next question is, what is something that you can choose to do this week That will please and honor God. Now it may not please and honor other people. But it will please and honor God. What can you do this week. To put aside. Other people's. Approval. So that you can please and honor God. And these questions are super important. Because you and I know that we can't change our past. But we can choose what we live for from this day forward. Are you going to live for others? Are you going to live your life for other people? or Are you going to to keep trying to win the approval of others? Or will you choose to live for the approval of God? So we need to choose His calling over your comfort. You need to lay down your life to serve Him. You need to choose God's purposes for you over the approval of others. I love you. And I hope you have a great week as you wrestle with these questions as you seek to choose God's purposes for you over other people's approval of you. Have a great week. I love you. God bless you.